I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. listening to the playmaker podcast what's good family this is the playmaker podcast i'm your host reggie coleman i'm your co-host nikita monroe thomas and today we have a special guest he graduated from penn state university he had a couple stints in the nfl with a couple different teams um and now he's a personal trainer and he trains Kids and college players for football. We have Kyle Carter here with us today. Welcome, Kyle. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. No yeah, problem. Sure. We, we appreciate you. We hope your family and you are safe and healthy. You know, it's a crazy time out here. Yeah. Um. So let's it sure is, man. Let's jump right into it. So when who put the football in your hand, and when did you realize that? you can go further than what most people think they can go with the football in their hand. Gotcha. Um, honestly, I mean, I'd have to say my dad put the football in my hand, but honestly, um, coming up, I always thought I was going to go to the NBA. I always had hoop dreams. I played basketball first. I didn't play organized football until sixth grade, mm. but I played basketball since I was probably – Lord knows uh, when I started playing basketball. But, um, like I said, I started football sixth grade and just fell in love with it. Always um, was playing receiver outside with my friends and different things like that. And um, when I was able to finally get into an organized league in uh, that sixth grade year, I just – the thing I do have a story about that, though, actually. When I first started playing, mm-hmm. um, they, we had a weight limit because it was like a youth league. And I was always just a bigger kid. So, unfortunately, I had to play on the offensive and defensive line. Mm. And to me, as a receiver, like, at heart, <laughs> I always knew I wanted the ball in my hands. I wanted to be catching, making plays. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows about the offensive line, defensive line. So, when I first started, I actually didn't want to play when I was told that uh, I had to be on the line. But um, over time, uh, with the help of, like, my dad and everything, 
fell in love with just playing the position that I was playing, and it definitely benefited me in the future of playing football because as a tight end, uh, you got to be able to block and do mm-hmm. different things. And yep. those skills from those youth years, from sixth grade to eighth grade, when I had to play on the line, <laughs> didn't get to catch any passes. <laughs> um, those those years definitely helped me out in the future. So um, talking about starting organized football in the sixth grade, when you got to high school, did you play tight end? And were you a, did you play four years varsity? How did your high school football experience go? Gotcha. Great question. Um, so, uh, like I said, from sixth grade to eighth grade, I was on the line. So when I first got to high school as a freshman, um, I was, you know, I wanted to play tight end and I, or I wanted to play receiver, but I've always, all I have uh, on my practice was playing on the O-line and the D-line. So mm-hmm. when I went to high school, I started there. But I always knew that I had that dream of, like, you know, catching the pass. And I used to, like, tell my coaches all the time on my freshman year, like, Coach, like, I can catch. Trust me. Coach, <laughs> I can catch. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, after practice, I would do little things. And I remember one game, um, I want to say it was freshman year. Freshman I played on freshman in JV. Um, uh, one of the games they moved me up to JV, they put in a special play for me. Uh, called, it was like a tackle pass, which was basically mm-hmm. a trick play. Okay. Um. And they, they threw me the ball, and I caught it with one hand. Made him play right up the middle. And from that day forward, coaches said, all right, yeah, you can play tight end. <laughs> get him so, off that line. After that, <laughs> you get him off that line. Ain't no weight limit in high school. <laughs> so after that, I, that's when I started being able to play some uh, receiver and everything. And I played receiver, tight end, and defensive end in my high school career. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say it went smooth in <laughs> my high school career. Uh mm. I played JV and varsity my 10th grade year. Didn't really get any stats, no catches. I really was just playing defensive end Um, because I wasn't polished at all like that at the time. Um, But the summer of my 10th grade year, um, one of my JV coaches, he hooked me up with this guy, Damon Daniels, um, who played in the league, and he's a receiver trainer, which ironically is basically what I do now. Um, Mm -hmm. So – I started going to him, training with him in the summer. My dad used to take me out there uh, multiple times a week. And when I came back for my junior year, um, I had a great season. I was like an all-state, uh, all-state tight end, all-conference tight end and everything, and balled out. And that's when I started getting more confidence and started getting some looks from some of these colleges. And I would say that's kind of when I knew that uh, I could play at the next level. Because, like, I was from Delaware. so. Um, as I'm sure Ambrose has told you, yeah, Delaware doesn't get De- Delaware doesn't get a lot of love, man. And you got a lot of talented people out there. Play, it, and it is, <laughs> but the thing is about Delaware, you got to get out of it to mm. prove yourself. Okay. And I kind of always had that underdog mentality because coming from Delaware, I knew that uh, first off, people wouldn't respect your game or anything. But when you go out to these different states, like uh, I used to go to Maryland, New York, Virginia. A PA to do a lot of camps and stuff, mm-hmm. I was able to go out there. And I remember one camp uh, in New Jersey, I was able to get the wide receiver slash tight end MVP mm. against kids from, like, New York, New Jersey, whatever. And I, I, on the drive home, I told my parents, I was like, yeah, I can do this. Like, I know I could play at the next level. And, I mean, from there, it was written for me. You know, I just had to do the work. What kept you focused? Because, you know, nowadays, nowadays social media is so – important to a lot of players and stuff like that what kept you focused on the path like okay i know i could do this seriously what kept you focused on the goal at hand 
Luckily, social media wasn't that popping. There's a little bit of MySpace back then. Yeah, but, exactly. You know, <laughs> wouldn't, be able to, wouldn't be able to do too much on MySpace. Um, honestly, I would say there were there were two guys at my school, Brian Fields and Lewis Kohler. And when I was a freshman, I want to say they were juniors. Mm-hmm. And I kind of just looked up to them as role models, honestly, because these two guys, they did their work in school. They were uh, really stayed out of trouble, uh, just good clean cats, you know, and they both got scholarships to Western Michigan. Mm. Free college, got to play football. And to me, uh, when I was in high school, the first one, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Like, everybody loved them, you know, most athletic in the yearbook, all that stuff. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, that's going to be I need that. I need that. You know, like, I need (laughs) that. Like, they getting a chick. They they, they live in life. So that really, that motivated me. I said, I wanted to be that next guy out of here. And Delaware didn't have a lot of people. Um, so I just kind of wanted to be that guy that basically got out from football, got, was able to go to his dream school and everything. And that motivated me to just kind of be a leader and, you know, stay out of all the, the extra stuff that maybe some of my friends were doing. And also be a leader and try to pull some of my friends along to try to get them, you know, go on this ride with me and try to get these college scholarships and, mm-hmm. you know, just live a better life. And speaking of your dream school, so – when did the scholarship start rolling in for you? Was it your junior year of high school, your senior year? When did uh, they start rolling in? And you said it's your dream school, but I'll let you explain more. And what schools did it come down to when it was time to decide? Gotcha. Yeah, I had a pretty simple process, honestly, man. Um, so after my junior year, like I said, I had a great season. Uh, me and my dad decided we are going to start sending my tapes out. Back then, you could, like, send DVDs to the schools and yeah. everything. Oh, it really lit. wasn't that long ago, man. It was only 2011, 2012, <laughs> but That's lit, though. I feel like forever ago, right? So we got my tape made. I forget who. My dad got somebody to, like, make my highlight tape for me. We got a whole bunch of copies, and I remember um, looking up all the Big Ten schools' addresses and who was the tight end coach and different things like that. Put them in these, like, bubble seal um, packages and sent them on off. And at the time, I did a lot of reading about recruiting and everything, and people would say, like, don't just send your tape like that. They'll just throw it away. Mm-hmm. This and the third, like, you got to know somebody to send your tape in. But I was hungry, man, so I sent it out to all those schools. And the one school that replied, lo and behold, was Penn State University. Um, wow. The linebacker coach reached back out. I don't know if it was a call, email, or if he went, like, called my coach at my high school. But got in contact with him, and he said, all right, yeah, like, we, I want to come see you. Are we going to uh, come to one of your school's workouts? So, like, after school, you basically would, like, have workouts with the team, like, something small, get in the weight room, do some, like, speed and agility. And when that day came, I was nervous. <laughs> I was so nervous. I knew all day, like, oh, wow. This workout, I'm going to have a Penn State coach here. Like, this could be my chance. Mm-hmm. But little did I know, he just kind of wanted to see the type of, like, leader I was amongst my teammates and see if I was as tall as I said I was on the film <laughs> and check my transcripts at school, different things like that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the transcripts checked out. Um, school was always a priority for me. Um, and went, he was at the uh, the workout, and I was just being myself, you know, uh, team first guy, you know, just joking around with everybody, still getting my work done. And at the end of it, he kind of just, like, sized me up and was like, all right, like, we'll be talking. I Like I said, like a week later, he called me and said, uh, you got your scholarship to Penn State University. And, I mean, I was excited. My parents, they knew they didn't have to pay for college. Wow. And like I said, this was my first real uh, Division One offer with mm-hmm. Penn State. 
usually you kind of get some of the small schools and then you get mm-hmm. the big fish to bite. But Penn State saw something in me and my skill set from that highlight tape, and uh, they took a chance on me. After that, I kind of, like I said, that was my dream school. And I talked to one of my trainers at the time, and he basically asked me, he said, what are you waiting for? And I said, dang, like, what other scholarships are you waiting for? And I didn't have an answer for him. He said, well, you got your answer right there. Like, yeah. Now we yeah. don't know other schools, yeah, but like, pull the trigger, commit. Yeah, why not? I slept on it. The next day, I did. And I was the first commit of their 2011 class, and I kind of got to show the coaches that I was committed to them. And I kind of got to, I wouldn't say cruise through my senior year, but, like, I already knew where I was going. So yeah. It was no, it was no pressure for you. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, none of the visits and all that stuff. I didn't have to deal with any of the BS, so it was it was it was nice. So going into Penn State, were you recruited as a linebacker or was it tight end? I was recruited as a tight end. The linebacker coach was just the uh, recruiting, oh, that was just recruiting okay, area. Okay. So they they did recruit me as a tight end, um, and yeah. So so shirted that first season. Oh, you got it. My bad. Um. So I was going to ask, how was your time at Penn State going from freshman year to senior year? Yeah, and I mean, that's honestly, that's where it gets a little crazy, too. Uh, my first year, I redshirted, uh, which basically means um, as a freshman, you come in, you don't play. You just basically work out. You practice and uh, stuff. Practice yeah. with the team. I've done that yeah, you know. a couple times. And it, that was perfect for me because I was a little undersized. And, like, it was just gave me time to get my schoolwork together and just, like, you know, yeah. get adjusted to that college life. This is a big um, adjustment. So I sure. really wasn't wasn't too mad about that. Come November is when the uh, the whole Penn State scandal hit. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole scandal, some stuff that happened back in the nineties before I was even born. Yep. But we're dealing with it now. Um, yep. And I would say that whole since that happened and uh, Joe Paterno passed away, mm-hmm. uh, we got a new coaching staff. It was wild. It was a free for all. A lot of players uh, transferred. Um, I don't blame them for that. I really don't because they were saying Penn State was going to get the death penalty, basically. Yeah. They didn't want us playing football for years there. Mm-hmm. Um, but me and a group of guys that I came in with, um, that we basically were roommates. We hung out together all the time. We trained together. We did extra work together. We kind of sat down in our apartment and said, hey, like, like what y'all trying to do? Y'all trying to leave? Because wherever we do, we going together. Mm-hmm. That's how tight we were. So it was literally between us going to Arizona State all the way across the country, <laughs> or staying at Penn State. And mm. luckily for us, we never took the Arizona State visit. Um, we stayed at Penn State. And with the new coaching staff, I mean, we had a guy named Bill O'Brien come in. Mm-hmm. And as a tight end, Bill O'Brien, he was the head coach, of, or he was the offensive coordinator of the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. We had Rob Gronkowski yep. and Aaron Hernandez. Uh, unfortunately, I got to use that as an example, but. I was the Aaron Hernandez guy. I was in that role mm-hmm. um, as the move tight end, the guy that would catch a lot of passes. And I was excited about that. So you know, once he came in, I knew that, all right, tight ends are going to be a focal point of this offense. Like, this is the NFL coach. Like, this is my opportunity. Like, this mm-hmm. can all work out. Correct. Um, I started that training camp spring ball as the, like, seventh or eighth tight end because, like I said, I was a freshman and I redshirted the year before. So mm-hmm. he didn't know who I was, how I played. And I was able, in a, I'll say the, the span of about a month or so, he gave everybody a fair shake, and I was able to uh, take that starting job as the F tight end um, going into the season. And then that year was my best year in uh, college. 
I was able to be an all Big Ten tight end, freshman All American. Um, and that kind of just paved the way for me throughout my career at Penn State. We had a couple of different coaches. Like I said, we had Joe when I first started, Joe mm-hmm. Paterno, Bill O'Brien for two years, and then James Franklin, who's there now. Um, so we had some turnover, but I was able to basically uh, get the job done anyway. That's dope. That's dope. So what what was what game or moment was there a defining moment in your Penn State career where it was like, wow, I like I'm doing this and I may be able to play at the next level. Was it a game or was it like a defining moment or or play where it was like, wow, I really did that or I had this amount of yards receiving. Hello. You you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello. Hello. Can you hear us? Yeah. No, you got. You said the defining moment, and then it went out. Sorry. Um, my bad. My bad. Somebody was FaceTiming me. I'm sorry about that. But uh, <laughs> but uh. <laughs> oh damn! All right, that was me. Nah, it was me. Um, so what was like a defining moment in your Penn State playing career, whether it be a play or a game? Honestly, it would be the first game of my my first year of me playing. Uh, actually getting to play. Um, my first game under Bill O'Brien, I had like seven catches for 70-something yards. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. Oh, this is like, <laughs> this is going to be cake. But that's, it obviously didn't, it wasn't like that my whole career. I wish it was. But that's when I knew like, okay, like I can do this. Like the bright lights aren't too big. Like all the fans and the fans isn't too much. Like I can go out there and I can do this. And that gave me the confidence throughout the rest of my career that year. Like, I can make plays on this level. What was the 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 hardest part of like you said it was a lot of transition, a lot of turnover. What was how was that like as a player? You said your freshman year you had an, a decent role, but it was a lot of culture turnover and stuff like that. How did you maintain your focus to know okay, I still got a job to do even though it's a different coaching staff here? Yeah, that was the big thing. The turnover, coaching turnover is a big thing and a lot of people don't understand but when new coaches come, they bring their recruits. Mm-hmm. Yes, know? they do. So Absolutely. The big, you know, yeah, like they bring those recruits and like, you know, they got their guys. Yep. They got five-star guys coming in. So mm-hmm. one thing about Penn State, we always had competition in my room. Um, five-star guys coming in, NFL guys coming in. Um, and I think that helped push me. Um, mm-hmm. Just that competition in the room first and foremost. But the coaching turnover was rough because uh, by the end of my career, like I said, I, my freshman year, I was uh, all American and all these different things. But um, by my junior and senior year, I was rotating with uh, guys. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I would take a series on, take a series off, and it was frustrating. Right. But me, I mean, at the end of the day, like I knew like we were all talented in that room, so I kind of had to like hold it together. But like, I selfishly, you know, I want to be on the field. I want to make plays because I'm trying to go to the league. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm trying to make plays. I'm trying to be seen on film. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that was the toughest part about the coaching turnover was just, you know, like not only having uh, the competition in the room and having to like take series on and take series off, but also just um, getting used to new offenses and different things like that and different coaching styles. Cause uh, all three of my coaches were totally different, but at the end of the day, um, I always was a team first guy. And like I said, at the end of the day, I was able to still get to, you know, where I wanted to get. Yeah, that's important because nowadays it's like a transfer type of, you know, it's not really like you mentioned competition. Exactly. You stayed it out and and you, you was able to reach your ultimate goal, but it's so 
Like, oh, is a five star guy here? Oh, I'm out. Yeah, everybody transferring yeah. out nowadays. Yeah, they yeah. so quick. They so quick. I think it's important to to go through some adversity though. Like something just that's gonna help build your character. You can't just you know leave as soon as it gets hard and different things like that. Correct. Back then, transferring was never in my mind. So why? Why? Yeah. Couple coaches. I would. I'm just saying. Was my, yeah. No, you're right. Because the thing is, when the when the scandal happened, transferring would have been super easy. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. no penalty. I was going to oh, be able yeah, to play that right. year. Mm-hmm. It really just came down to just being committed and knowing that, like, like I'm gonna hold it down for this school. Like, I want to see this through, basically. Yeah. And uh, once my group of friends, once we all said like we're staying and we're going, we're going to ride it out, we made that decision, and it was never any looking back from there. I respect that. So how important was academics for you at Penn State? And you can, like, give some advice to up-and-coming players or just students in general. How important was it for you to stay on track with the grades as as well as on the field? How was that balance? Gotcha, yeah. Growing up, my mom and dad, they always instilled, you know, student first, athlete second. Mm-hmm. Um, so it never was a thing that was, you know, hard for me to understand. Um, but school was very important. It was a priority to me. Um, actually I just posted something today on my Instagram and I I was looking over some things and I was like a four time academic, all big 10, uh, selection. That's amazing. Basically means like I had over three, five, every single, um, fall semester, like during football season. Mm-hmm. Um, which is yeah, it is pretty. Thank you for that, by the way. Um, That's important. I don't think they. I don't think they understand that to get a three point five with a vigorous football schedule. Y'all not just working at a big out time football at a school. Big time school. That's yeah. amazing, and I don't think people push themselves yeah. to that academic level. What made you do? Like you said, it was your parents, right? Yeah, yeah, it was my parents. They just instilled that in me, and it wasn't anything that I had to kind of like keep getting reminded about either. Mm-hmm. Um, Penn State, they. They had us in study hall um, at least two hours a night after okay. practice and everything. So, like, okay. I was able to kind of be in a, a great environment, quiet, able to do my work. And um, after your freshman year, they kind of let you get out of that. So, okay. um, after your freshman year, if you have a certain amount of GPA, like, they'll let you get out of it. But I enjoyed it so much because I knew, like, going back to my apartment with my friends, like, I wasn't going to be able to get any mm. real work done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, that's one thing I used throughout my whole career at Penn State was that study hall area. Yeah, I did too. But when I when I was able to get eligible, I had some eligibility issues back in my day. <laughs> so to transition from Penn State to the NFL, um, you were in it in the NFL from 2016 to 2019. So tell us a little bit about your experience in the NFL. You played for Vikings, the Giants, Seahawks, and Bills. So just give us a little insight on what the NFL quote unquote life was like. I'll tell you one thing. It's nothing (laughs) like people tell you. Mm -hmm. Nothing like people tell you. Um, For me, I was an undrafted free agent, so just stepping into the league, uh, the way I came in was different. Yeah. I, you know, going into the draft, I thought I could be a late-round pick just basically off of what I did earlier in my Penn State career. But um, as you find out in the NFL, it's about what have you done for me lately. Right. So basically, like, my best film in college was basically from the earliest part of my career. And like I said, going series on, series off by my senior year just wasn't, you know, enough to get me drafted. Mm-hmm. But um, the Minnesota Vikings, they came to my pro day. Um, their tight end coach did, and which really showed me that, you know, they were really interested in me. I had a great pro day. And they ended up getting me 
um, calling me in the seventh round. My agent called me and said, "Yeah, like Minnesota wants you as an undrafted free agent to get you such and such signing bonus." Mm-hmm. Checked out the roster and like it, it made the most sense for me. So going in there, I was already an underdog. Right. Um, undrafted free agents, you know, you're you're not really supposed to make the team. You kind of just there like a camp body usually. Um, a few guys do get through the cracks and you know make great 10, 15 year careers out of it. Um, but I was able to get there and I kind of just grinded just like how I always knew. Um, like when I started as the seventh tight end on the roster at Penn State, uh, going into my second year, um, I had a lot of good mentors over there and made some great friends that also were undrafted and had that same mindset as myself. Um, and I mean, like I said, I just worked hard and I was able to get a spot on the practice squad my first season. Uh, which was big for me. I just wanted to kind of get my foot in the door, and that's exactly what that was for me. Um, just get to practice with the team, um, go to all the meetings, everything like that. But you're not, you know, you're not actually on the field really playing yet. You're only playing in the preseason. Mm. Um, but you know, seeing the guys every day working and seeing the guys on the field and the mistakes they made, it pushed me. Um, I used to go hard in practice and just try to make plays and stay around. Because thing about the NFL is the turnover is ridiculous. I've seen people. You see them one day, the next day they're gone. Is that why they told you them to, to save money? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. It's literally roster turnover at the bottom of the roster. Mm-hmm. Like, those last maybe 10, 15, 20 guys, like, you just never know. If the wrong person gets hurt, that's your job. And it mm-hmm. sucks. Um, wow. It, it's crazy, yeah. So, like, you just, every day you got to put on because the team has scouts watching you. I practice every day to see if you're slacking, see if you're still the guy that they think you are. And, like, you'll go to practice and have a good day or think you had a good day. Get to the locker room and see, oh, they brought in four tight ends for a workout today. Like, what is this about? Like, they think we're not doing enough? And it's just the competition's crazy. And I've had uh, one of my uh, mentors let me know that you basically going in there trying to take food off of a grown man's, uh, like, his kid and his wife and his family's table. Mm -hmm. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's only a certain amount of spots. So you got to come in there as a – a young guy went behind the ears and have the mindset, yo, I'm about to take this 30-year-old man's job. I'm about to uproot his family from this city. I'm about, like, it's it's a doggy-dog world in there. Um, yeah. But you got to just, you kind of just got to grind it out, uh, find you a group of guys that you feel like you can grind with, work with, and um, that have the same mindset as you, and you'll enjoy it. Um, like I said, I played for four different teams. So my first two seasons, I was with the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my last season, I jumped around, and that's what a lot of people don't understand is that jump around part. It's not fun being on and off of rosters, and you know you might be home for a couple weeks. You gotta fly somewhere, and yeah, ready. that's intense. <sighs> gotta fly somewhere the <laughs> next day, and me and my wife, we've dealt with it. It's we'd be chilling, chilling, um, and then like, I get a call from my agent, like, hey, such and such has the availability; they want to work you out. Um, we're going to get you a plane in like two hours. Are you going to be ready? Mm. And you're like, of course I am. But you got to, exactly. You got to pack up. Yeah. That airport. Luckily the airport was only 30 minutes away from us. Mm-hmm. So like, it, it was nothing. Um, but that life does get old once you're, you know, once you're in and out of the league and bouncing around, that life gets old. And that's kind of where my business card performance came in mm-hmm. to play. Um, I just wanted something stable. Yeah. And I mean, obviously we can get into that later. <laughs> Yeah, so speaking of that underdog mentality that you had since Penn State, um, was it hard transitioning from saying to yourself, like, this NFL thing 
it's been fun, but like I've been jumping around and I need to start something new for myself to for some stability. Was it hard to transition from trying to make a team to like saying this is it? I'm going to start something new. Was it hard for you? Oh, very. Um, I did a lot of back and forth, had a lot of tough conversations with my wife, with my family, with friends, like close, close friends that mm-hmm. really know what I've been going through. And it was rough because, you know, you kind of feel like you're letting people down um, mm-hmm. at a time because, you know, so many people are like rooting for you. And, you know, it's it's a party when you get on a team or you get an opportunity, <laughs> but it's a funeral when you, you know, if you get cut. Yeah. yeah. So it's rough. And um, we, at the time, uh, my wife was pregnant and we uh, had a baby coming and everything. So it was kind of just kind of just grow up and, you know, just be a grown man about it and get that stability. Cause that's something that I always was striving for when I was in the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. When I was with Minnesota, even though I was there for two years, I was on, I was off sometimes or they were like, it just, I never felt at home. I never felt safe there. And only, I would say, probably the top, maybe 25% of guys on the roster ever do feel safe. And mm-hmm. Even them, they probably don't. Because it's such a business that you just never know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, on that search for stability, I had a conversation with a friend on the phone one day, like, hey, man, you should, like, train kids. Like, like you love coaching. Like, you're great at what you do. You have the experience. Like, why not? And dope. I kind of thought about it, and I was like, shoot, I'm home anyway, like. I could be, you know, training kids while I'm training myself because I still wanted to go to the league, like, get back in. And, uh, you know, talk to my wife. She has, like, an MBA, so, you know, she got the business side. I didn't really know much about starting an LLC and all those mm-hmm. different things. But I was able to put it together and kind of just put that first post out on Facebook and got a little bit of traction on it. And uh, ever since then, um, lucky enough for me that people have, like, trusted um, their kids with me or they trusted themselves or trainer with me. And I remember I started it and I want to say March or April of 2019. I ended up getting a call and getting back on the team um, July of that same year. Mm. So like I had to kind of tell my guys, like, Hey man, like my bad, but like I just got picked <laughs> up by a team, <laughs> but like everybody obviously was happy for me and it was, it was great. But, and that kind of added, you know, that added to my, like my, it just added to people wanting to work out with me at Carter Performance because, like, oh, like, he's in the NFL right now. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he's still getting he calls right back, now. Like, yeah. I'm definitely working with him. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So um, that was pretty cool. But I think that's having that, um, once I was out of the league, definitely helped with my transition. The transition's hard enough, you know, because you see all your friends on Instagram and everything still going to the facility, still practicing, still playing, still mm-hmm. posting pictures and stuff. And you kind of feel you get that FOMO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But having something to fall back on that was my own that still kind of kept me in that football world mm-hmm. was huge for me. I was able to kind of like live vicariously through my athletes um, and getting them better and seeing them work. And, you know, it's it's fun. And right now I can say I actually do love what I do. Yeah, I was, that was the question I was going to ask. How much enjoyment do you get out of this, out of uh, teaching kids the game and, and stuff that maybe no one taught you? You were able to teach them and, and give them knowledge and game that, you know, a lot of players, a lot of former players really don't want to do, don't want to give the game that they learned a lot of, you know, a lot of the times or want to overcharge or, you know, don't have the resume like you yeah. to even want to give back. How happy does that make you to know that you're really making an impact? 
Oh, that's the best part. That's the best part. Just the stories and the families and the kids that I've met. Just like I said, this this is early for me. Um, this is really early for me, and just I feel like the amount of change I'm going to be able to put out into the world is going to be amazing. I, mean, I see sport as opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, so just the area I'm in, I'm in PG County, Maryland, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I train kids here. I train kids down in uh, like uh, Virginia. And just, I, I just see it as a way out for a lot of these kids. And if there's anything that I can do, any expertise I can give from my experiences um, on, off the field, I'm trying to do that. And I'm just trying to do it in an innovative way. That's really my big thing. I'm trying to just, because there's a lot of people doing this now. And before I even started, there's a lot of people doing it. But I just, I strive to just be different, try to be innovative and try to give these kids just something different um, when it comes to like this training life. That's dope um, because, like you said, you want to make an impact in these kids' lives because many people, they don't have role models or just people to help them get to where they want to be. And a lot of people, they they like to talk about it. They like to tweet about it, post about it, but they don't put in the work in real life. Like, they say they want to do something. They say they want to impact their community or the kids under us or the next generation, but they they never follow through with it. And I, we applaud you for just putting writing down a plan and and moving through moving through with it because like i said many people they just talk a good game but they they don't walk that walk so we we applaud you for that thank you thank you so talk uh so talk a little bit more about Carter performance like uh you said you're in PG County Virginia area is there an age limit where can they uh book a session with you just tell the people how they can find you Oh, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, Carter Performance, right now, I do sessions in uh, Maryland, uh, PG County, Maryland, but really anywhere around Maryland, uh, Virginia, Northern Virginia area, and Delaware. Um, I'm doing sessions in all three of those different places. I offer skill development sessions. I offer speed, agility, quickness sessions. And a new thing that I just started doing this pandemic was um, the Carter Performance Football Academy, mm-hmm. online football academy, which is just on Zoom, um, it's basically the mental part of the game. So that's mm-hmm. just as important as the physical. I try to really implore to these kids that, you know, you don't got to be the biggest, don't got to be the fastest, don't got to be the strongest. But you can be the smartest, and that will help you uh, outmatch or outwit anybody that you're going up against. If you could just play smarter than them because you could play faster. Right. Um, so I offer those three uh, types of things, and there is no age limit or there's no age uh, limits on what I do. I start as young to start to start the basic football movements and mm-hmm. just movements of how to run, all the way up to the professional level. Um, so you can reach me at trainwithcp.com or my Instagram Carter underscore performance. And so before yeah, that's where I'm at. You can check out. Yeah. No, go ahead. Finish. I'm sorry. I don't know. You good? Uh, you can just. Check out any videos, send me any DMs for if you have any questions, and I'm, I'm here to help. Uh, there's a lot of kids that don't even live in the area that reach out to me and just kind of ask me different tips, different drills, send me clips of what they're doing, and kind of like just ask for my critiques on it. So I'm open to any of that. Um, yeah. The best advice you would give an upcoming football player, peewee, high school, college, the best advice somebody may have somebody gave you or you've learned through your adventures of the NFL, college, and stuff, what's the best advice you would give someone? Best advice I could give, honestly, have you ever heard of those 
look, they said like 10 things you could do without talent, mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. the little things, that would be my, my number one thing to tell anybody. Um, Cause that it works with anybody, whether they are a talented player right now, or they're going to be a talented player, or if they already are talented, the little things like being on time, having great work ethic, mm-hmm. uh, your body mm-hmm. language, your effort, mm-hmm. being coachable, being prepared, all those Thanks. different things, those little things that don't take talent, do those. So whether you're a great player or not, like if you're doing those things, you'll be a step ahead of anybody and you'll be even greater once you do get the talent to match it. Wow. Mm. That was that was good. Yeah, because I think a lot of <laughs> I think a lot of the times kids like they see the flashy, flashiness of it, but they don't know, like, mm-hmm. you know, when these scouts are coming to see you, because I used to be a coach, like I'm looking at your body language. I'm looking at, are you a supportive teammate? I'm yep. looking at, did you put yourself in a, a bad position and you got taken out? Where you did you not slap the coach hand? Did you not slap your teammate hand? You know, all that stuff matters, and I I think that's important that you're uh, explaining to these kids that you know you need to have all the attributes, and then let your talent be an addition. Exactly, exactly. That's the most important thing. You got to do all the little things, and that. That makes up for some of the small things that you may mess up, you know. If you're a coachable guy and if you're prepared and, you know, you show all those things, you're a good opportunity. Yeah, so one last question we'd like to ask all our guests is um, if you had to choose anybody for us to have on the show next, is there anybody that you would recommend? You may know them or you may just say, hey, reach out to them. They may be interested. Is there somebody that you think we should have on the show? Dang, that's a good question. And uh, let me give me one second to think about that. I might have to scroll through the ground. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anybody that you want us to support, we want to support. Oh, yeah, okay. No, I got, definitely got some support. Um, Kai Howard. Mm-hmm. Is um, that the name on the gram? He, his name on the gram. Well, I'll let you know after. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Bet, bet, bet. He actually, yeah. This is one of my best friends growing up. He was really basically like a brother to me, but he played overseas basketball. Okay. He has an amazing story. He did it all without an agent. Mm. Um, played overseas basketball for about four years, I would say. Mm. Um, in like Luxembourg and different places like that, and. I just know that he has a very interesting story, and right now he's back in the states, and he's like about to be like the director of basketball operations at a facility in uh, Philly. Mm. So basically, kind of doing what I did, you know, went through the went through the grind of you know not being a star at the professional level, but playing on the professional level, and then kind of moving into this this industry now. But like I said, me speaking with him over the years, he has some very very interesting stories and fun stories about just life overseas and like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe being that one or two black dudes on the team or one or two black dudes in the whole country. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that's somebody I feel like you guys should have one and I'd love to support my guy. Well, hey, we, we appreciate, appreciate that. that. Um, so we'll definitely look at, look forward to reaching out to him. I'm a, um, yeah. I'm a, I'm gonna just, I'll just send you guys his uh, Instagram. Yeah, oh, for, sure. for sure. Appreciate that. So before we let you go, give, our listeners, your website and your Instagram one more time so they know where to find you. All right. Website is trainwithcp.com. And my Instagram is Carter underscore performance. Hit me on any of those and uh, I'll be there to answer it. No doubt. 
Hey, Kyle, we appreciate you for, you know, you kicking so it with us, taking some time out your night. Just to tell, tell us a little bit about your story, how you got to where you are now. We, we hope that you progress in anything and everything that you do, and we hope you and your family stay safe as well. Appreciate it. Same with you. Same with you. I'll definitely be following the podcast and seeing what you guys got going on. Well, we appreciate it very much. Thank you so much. And on that note, this is the Playmaker Podcast. I'm your host, Reggie Coleman. I'm your co-host, Nikita Marwood-Thomas. Until next week. Peace. Visit our website at theplaymakerpodcast.com and subscribe on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.